1 Peter 2 and 9. But you are a chosen generation. Look at somebody say you. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who have called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Today, I'm going to share with you a simple message titled, Chosen. Chosen. Will you pray with me? God, I love you, and I just praise you. I feel good in your house this morning. God, it's only by your spirit, Lord. We had such an amazing 9 o'clock service, and God, your spirit is still so strong in here in the eleven. And I just pray, God, your anointing upon these lips. Let everything that I say, everything that I do be ordained by you. Nothing more, nothing less. God, we bind and we rebuke anything come against this service right now. God, any distraction, any hindrance, God, of the enemy. God, I pray, Lord Jesus, let there be, God, prepare the hearts. Prepare, God, this ground. Prepare, God, the soul. God, as your seed is being scattered this morning, let it be planted. Let it produce everlasting fruit. God, in my prayers always is not a single one of us would leave here the same way we walked in. And I give you the praise, the honor, and the glory. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, give God one more hand clap of praise as you're being seated today. So in the Old Testament, God called this nation out from among the people. God called Moses up to him. He said, I want you to tell the Israelites something. And we see this conversation between God and Moses. And this is, this is the beginning of the Old Testament covenant. This is the beginning of the Mosaic covenant or the, the Mosaic law, if you will, whatever you want, however, however, how you want to refer to it. And God told Moses, he said, I need you to tell the house of Jacob. I need you to tell the people of Israel that if you obey my voice, basically, if you hear my voice and you follow me, if you follow my voice and keep my covenant, you're going to be my special treasure. You're going to be my people. I'm choosing you. I'm calling you out from everybody else, and I'm choosing you. See, if you keep my covenant, you're going to be a kingdom of priests, a holy nation. And man, when I started reading that scripture in Exodus, a kingdom of priests, a holy nation, I'm like, wait, this is Exodus 19. This isn't 1 Peter 2 and 9. But this, this, is, this is familiar, and so, man, I began to dig and dig, and I would pull one thread, and then another thread would come up, and, and talking about a chosen people and, and God calling people and choosing people. And we all know the story of the Israelites. I mean, these, these children of Israel, guess what? Man, they went through this cycle, did they not? They would serve God. They would worship God. And then they would start, you know, compromising with, with certain idols. And, and then they would fall away from God. And then they would get in bondage. And then God would raise up a deliverer. And then they would be delivered. And they would worship God. And then the cycle would what? Start again. We all know that story. I'm not going to preach and harp on that this morning. But I want to make a point to you this morning. You get to this New Testament scene. This scripture in Luke that we just read. And Jesus is calling out some people. The scripture says that Jesus called out his disciples, his followers. And from these, this crowd, from this group of followers, from this disciples, he chose 12 
to be his apostles. Now, what's so important about this, Pastor? Well, here's what I see important. Here's what's interesting to me about this list of characters that Jesus not only called, but he chose. See, these lists of people that he called out, in this list, you have a tax collector. Now, I don't know about you, but when I read the Bible, tax collectors are not people that, that you would just want to get caught hanging around. But Jesus called out a tax collector. He said, I want you to follow me. Tax, now, come on, somebody. I mean, I know, I hope we don't have anybody working for the IRS in here, but, you know, the IRS is just, is, it is what it is. You got this love-hate relationship with them, don't you? Come on, somebody. It's the same way. I mean, these, these, these tax collectors back in the day, somebody in here probably works for the IRS, and they, they're like, I'm not coming back next. And, um, but Jesus called out this group of 12, and he chose them. You had this tax collector. You have this outcast. I mean, you think about it. You had this, this, these brothers, and, and, and one of them was actually called the lesser. They had the two, name, the two same names, and one was called, how would you like to, to, I mean, you know, you're the 12 disciples, but hey, I'm the lesser. I'm the lesser. That's my brother over there. He's the greater. I'm the lesser. I mean, you think about it. So you had these outcasts. You had a tax collector. You had this hot-headed, foul-mouthed fisherman who was ready to cut somebody's ear off at the drop of a hat. He was ready to pick a fight. You better not cross him because he's going he's gonna to throw, you know, throw in some bows at somebody. Come on. And so you had all these. And, and, and think about this. You had tax collector, outcast, hot-headed, foul-mouthed fisherman. And then, and then you had topping off or rounding off the list. You had the betrayer. Oh, wait, you had a doubter, too. Pastor, what are you saying? So you had a tax collector, you had outcast, you had a hot-headed, foul-mouthed fisherman, you had, a, you had a doubter, you had a traitor. What point are you trying to make this morning? I'm telling you, these are the people that Jesus not only called out, but these are the people that Jesus chose. And see, I don't know if that does anything for you or not, but it does something for me this morning. It gives me hope, because if Jesus can use a bunch of messed up, jacked up people like these list of people, I don't know why in the world he can't use me and you. You say, Pastor, I don't know about you, but see, see, here's, here's my, maybe I just need to preach to me this morning. See, I, I've, I was messed up. I was jacked up from the floor up. I didn't have my ducks in a row, and I don't know, maybe you got all your ducks in a row this morning, you got your tie all, you know, whatever. But there was a time in my life, I was at my lowest low. There was a time in my life was I was running from my calling, I was running from God, I was running from my church, I was hiding from my mama and daddy, I was hiding from my pastor, but my God called me, and he chose me, and he brought me up out of my dark... See, in this same story in the book of Mark, I was actually reading in the book of Mark, and then I started studying. And it's this, this same story is in the, in the book of Mark and in the book of Luke. But something significant in the book of Mark, too, that I want to point out. If you read a, the story, the same story in the book of Mark about Jesus choosing his 12 disciples, Mark goes into greater detail. And Mark not only lists the names of the people that Jesus chose, but something very significant is stated in the book of Mark. Mark says that Jesus called these, he chose these, and he gave these people power. 
He gave these people power to preach, to heal the sick, and to cast out demons. It's about to get real up in here. Look at your neighbor and say, it's about to get real. See, I want somebody to know today in God's house that you've got power living on the inside of you. If you have received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you've got power living on the inside of you. As a matter of fact, the same power that raised Jesus from the grave on the third day is the same power that lives on the inside of you. The only the only, and I'm getting ahead of myself here, but the only question I have for you today is have you answered the call? Have you answered Jesus' calling? As a matter of fact, he sent out the call at John 3.16 when he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. God sent out a call to all the world, and it's just up to us. Are we going to answer our call? And I had a little download in my spirit that ain't in my, in my notes in the early service. I'm going to share it with you. A lot of people out here today, Pastor, I just don't hear God. God's not calling me. God don't speak to me. I just blah, blah, blah. This, that. I don't don't feel God. I'm going to tell you something. What happens when some of y'all's voicemail is full? And that's what I told the early service. Some of our voicemails is full. You know what happens when you get a call? See, some of us decline the call. Some of y'all be screening your calls. Don't act like you don't do it. Don't act like you're holier than me. We know we all do it. Ooh, um, you know that little iPhone thing, remind me later? We be doing that sometimes. We do. But, but then there's that decline. Some of us be, be declining God's call. We decline God's call. You know what happens when you decline the call? What happens? It goes to voicemail. You know what happens after you decline the call so many times and, and so many voicemails are left? You know what happens? The voicemail gets full. And then you call the person and it goes to voicemail and guess what the message you get? This person can no longer receive messages, messages at this time because the voicemail box is full. See, the problem is that God, you say, oh, God ain't calling me. God ain't, I'm telling you, it's because we've declined his call so much and your voicemail box is full. You say, Pastor, I need a word. Go back and listen to the promise he spoke to you 15 years ago that you will live and not die. Go back and read his word. I'm going to tell you his word says that you are the head and not the tail. You are above and not beneath. You are blessed going and you are blessed coming. Can I tell you if you need a word from God, check your voicemail box. That was for free. The Bible teaches us that all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to Christ, who is head of the church. But here's the kicker. Jesus has delegated that same authority to every believer who has answered that call to follow him. That's why when people come to this altar for prayer, I get these people, they come up for prayer. What you need prayer for today? My toe hurts. I'm just making up something. I don't really get people asking for prayer on their, on, on their toe. Just, just clarifying that. But, you know, we're just using this as an example. That way, that way nobody knows I'm talking about them. So I'm not talking about anybody in the house this morning. 
Pastor, I need prayer for my toe. My toe hurts. You know what pastor's going to do? What's pastor going to do? Wrong. I'm not praying for their toe. You know why? Because we sitting there trying to heal somebody's toe and their soul, soul ain't even saved. First thing I'm going to do is say, do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? I'm blowing some of y'all's mind right now. Because you know what? That's what I, that's what I do. I say, do you know Jesus? You're, you know what I get? Uh, uh, um, do you want to know? Yeah. Here's how. And guess what? I lead them through the sinner's prayer right there. And guess what I do then? You know that prayer request you had about five minutes ago? That same authority that you knew that I had to pray for your toe, guess what? That same authority lives on the inside of you now that you are a believer in Jesus Christ. See, the problem in the church is we've been praying for people's toes, and we need to pray for people's souls. See, it's not that... It's not that I don't want to pray for people, but the best thing I can do is not pray for you. The best thing I can do is teach you how to pray. Because the fact of the matter is, I'm not going to be with you when you walk out of those doors. But there is one living on the inside of you, and the Bible says that he will never leave you, he will never forsake you, and greater is he that's on the inside of you than he that is of this world. You've got the same authority. Have you received Jesus as your Lord and Savior? I told the early service we're about to have an altar call right now. About three people in here saved. Right? Everybody else like, uh. Have you received Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Wave your hand in the air. See, if you have received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and if you're following the voice of the Holy Spirit as he leads you, then I need you to know that my prayers aren't any more powerful than your prayers. As a matter of fact, the same Holy Spirit that empowers this no-good-for-nothing preacher that, that's just standing up here, I'm only saved by the grace of God through faith in Jesus Christ. The same anointing that comes from the Holy Spirit that is anointing me to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ is the same Holy Spirit that will anoint you to pray for your breakthrough. See, it's time we teach. It's time we... It's time we teach people to participate in their own freedom. Come on. The reason why we keep having a bunch of church people that has to come, mm, help me, come on, that comes to the altar and they get a breakthrough on Sunday morning and then they get in bondage on Wednesday is because, guess what? There's not the, it's not that there's a problem in the church. Oh, there's not enough power in the church. Oh, the Holy Ghost just doesn't move. Oh, pastor, we just need to let the Holy Ghost move in church. Oh, I'm going to tell you the Holy Ghost is moving in the church and the problem is not with the Holy Ghost. The problem is not even with the church. It's that we haven't taught people that they can participate in their own freedom. It's that. I don't know if you feel what I feel this morning. You might think I'm crazy and I've lost my mind, but I want somebody to know you've got the same authority I've got. If you are a born-again believer in Jesus Christ, full of the Holy Spirit, being led by his voice, guess what? Your prayers mean something. Look at somebody say, your prayers mean something. But can I tell you, it gets better. 
How does it get better? Because that's what God is. That's who God is. It gets better and better and better and better and better and better. You want me to keep on going? <laughs> but see, not only did Jesus, God called these Israelites, chose them. Jesus shows up on the scene. He called his disciples. He chose them. Jesus delegated that authority to every believer. And then we get to 1 Peter 2 and 9. But you, look somebody say you. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. I think the King James says peculiar. It's all right. Look at somebody say, we all a little peculiar. And if you don't think you're peculiar, guess what? Everybody's, everybody's thinking of that peculiar person right now. What you don't know is, you can't think of anybody everybody's <laughs> thinking about. Mm. No, I'm just <laughs> you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who have called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Here's the main point. If you don't hear anything else I say today, I want you to hear this one thing, okay? Hear this one thing. The question of the day, Pastor, how do I become chosen? How do I become chosen? Here's my answer. Here's my response. You've got to answer the call. You've got to answer the call. Answer the call. See, here's the truth for you today. Jesus is calling each one of you to him. Jesus is calling everyone to him. The Bible says that it's not God's will that anyone should perish, but that all have everlasting life. I had a question asked me today, how, or this week, Pastor, why does God send people to hell? It's not God's will that anyone should perish, but we all have everlasting life. The problem is a lot of us don't answer the call. See, here's the thing this morning. Jesus is calling you all to himself. Like the scripture says, he's calling you. What, Pastor, what is he calling me for? He's calling you out of darkness. He's calling you out of your shame. He's calling you out of your depression. He's calling you out of your bondage. He's calling you out of your anxiety. He's calling you out of your addictions. He's calling you out of all the stuff and all the junk that this world has thrown at you. He's calling you out of the curse of sin. He's calling you out of all of that mess. And he's placing you in his marvelous light. I'm reminded of a song we used to sing back in the 90s, I believe, early 2000s, I don't know. Into a marvelous light, I'm running. Back when I played with, with Adam, my buddy, leading worship, traveling around, playing drums, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23 years old. Man, that was our bread and butter song. It was our bread and butter. We could play that song, man, I mean, you're talking about, we didn't have to rehearse because we, we played it all the time. Marvelous light. Into a marvelous light, I'm running. Out of darkness, out of shame. By the cross, you are the truth. 
You are the life. You are the way. But you know what? What ministered to me when I revisited that song this week was the verse that says this. I once was fatherless, a stranger with no hope. And then I began to look at this scripture in 1 Peter 2 and 9 that says, but you are a chosen generation. I'm getting them again. Do you know what that word generation means? See, I studied that word generation. And when I found the definition of the word generation, here's what it means. It means descendants. It means family line. It means you're on the family roll. It means you're in the family tree. I had Miss Eleanor Penny. I don't know how many of y'all know Miss Eleanor Penny, sweet saint of God, show up to the early service this morning. She had pictures, black and white pictures of her grandmother. She said, man, I don't know if you, pastor, I don't know if you are, are you know, interested in family tree and family uh, history and stuff like that. I said, as a matter of fact, I am. I said, as a matter of fact, just, just hang out for a little while. Because you know what? He's father to the fatherless. You feel like you've been rejected. You feel like, man, I'm not chosen. I've been rejected. I've been an outcast. Man, I'm a no good for nothing from nowhere. I'm jacked up. I'm messed up. I've got all this junk. i got all this baggage. Jesus said, I'm calling you and I'm choosing you. And I've drafted you into my family. And the, the, the question is this morning, do you want to be a part of the biggest, most loving family on the face of this earth? It's called the kingdom of God. Because when you answer the call, you become a son, you become a daughter of the Most High God, co-heirs with Jesus Christ. And if that don't convince you that you're chosen, then nothing will. 